Hi everyone, Jeremy Scott here. Welcome to another episode of the Re-Emerging Earth podcast. Once again, I'm in the park. However, no coffee today. The staff of the cafe are having a wedding. One of the staff's getting married today, so they're all aware of that. So they'll be closed today and tomorrow. Oh well, not to worry, but I hope they're having a wonderful time. It's a nice day for it. As I'm recording this, it's a Friday sun's out it's a lovely spring morning i would say so that makes life uncomplicated when it's like this nice and simple and that's my theme for today really is simplicity and in particular what i would like to talk about in this episode is why is it within spiritualism or spiritual practices why does it have to be so ritualistic and why in particular do these rituals have to be so complicated at times or well, so it seems anyway back when I first started to get into Reiki in the 2000s I was uh, was drawn to it by, by a book I read and I thought well to be honest because I'd lived in Germany I thought Reiki was a German word because it's spelt in that way it looks like a German word so I was expecting it to be some kind of German way of thinking or something along those lines so I was very much surprised to find out it was Japanese then I started to look into it and uh, at that time I think maybe same today the internet was filled with all kinds of different Reiki styles. You had everything from Kundalini to Gothic to Celtic to God knows what, Atlantic Reiki I think I saw at one time as well, or Atlantis Reiki I think I saw at one time. That's fair play, you know, I mean, I'm sure they all work in their own way. I've got nothing against that, just a little bit unusual. And when I looked into it, a lot of them were full of rituals which I consider to be very complicated long drawn out rituals to do this that and the other and it kind of put me off you know because I like things nice and simple keep it simply simple is my version of kiss it's what I like to say and that's what I've lived by all these years really I like the simple life I don't like it complicated <laughs> complicated gets in the way of things so as I said I was looking for a style of Reiki and I eventually found the one that I wanted and that was with Taggart King of Reiki Evolution and his style of Reiki or rather the style of Reiki no, it wasn't his style it's the style of Reiki he was teaching and still does teach today is the Asui Reiki system or original Japanese Reiki as I like to call it because it stems that lineage stems from one of uh, Asui's original students Suzuki-san and uh, she eventually passed that knowledge on to a Westerner not remember the name to be honest at this moment in time 
but that's how it started to progress from Japan to the West that this particular style of Reiki not Reiki in general she was very reluctant to do that at first but then she relented because at that time I do believe she was pretty much in her mid 90s maybe a little bit older and she would like to or she wanted to preserve the teachings of Mikawa Sui and the Ryoho I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that right but the Reiki Ryoho Institute in Japan tends to follow a different path a slightly different path to what Mikawa Sui taught and it's more based on what is taught here in the West in general from Mrs. Takata because it went from Mrs. Takata back to Japan <laughs> so there's a thing for you but what I liked about this style was the simplicity of it yes there are rituals there are things that you do you have obviously you have the precepts but there's other maybe little rituals that you do but very simple basic rituals in that sense straightforward practical no fluff if you like and that's what attracted me to the particular style of Reiki that I am now what's known as a Shinpiden or Shinpiden S-H-I-N-P-I-D-E-N <laughs> Shinpiden I've never really known how to really pronounce that from being honest but basically it means master teacher yeah and uh, I've always been like that as I said to look for the more simple routes the shortcuts in life if you like but ones that are just as if not more effective than the ones that are normally taught however I got to thinking well why was why is it then that a lot of these other Reiki modalities and not just Reiki but other spiritual practices and so on why are they so complicated with their rituals why are they so ritualistic or ritual heavy you could even call them in that sense you know even if you, if you go obviously further back than Reiki if you go into the, the, the Buddhist tradition where I believe Reiki actually originated yeah in Buddhism today in a lot of places different again you've got different ways different styles of Buddhism and so on but they are also very complicated in some ways they've got a lot of prayers and chants and other rituals that they follow on a daily basis multiple times a day sometimes you know and as Hindu and a lot of other Eastern religions are the same and when we look at our own Western religions Middle Eastern religions exactly the same there's a lot of rituals involved and you know, I prefer just to straightforward let's get it done you know not necessarily for a to, to you know to take up time or to, to, to shorten the time period I don't mind the length of time it's all the little things you have to remember I was exactly the same with the tarot reading now, yes I learned all the right await meanings of the tarot then I've recent times learned a much better way a more intuitive way of reading cards which is what I do now and it's a lot better still use some of the right await sort of meanings as hints as prompts maybe uh, but they, they help to deepen my readings but basically I follow a more simplistic and less fluffy kind of route but 
as I say, you know, why is it then? Why, why is it so ritualistic? Why are these practices so full of different things that you have to do and can't do and, you know, do this or you, you can't do that? You, you must do this for so many lengths of time, years or whatever, before you can move on to that. Why is all of that? Let's go back to the Reiki story when Mrs. Takata first brought it to the West. She brought it, she lived in Hawaii at the time. And she herself was the only Reiki master teacher in the West at that time. And she was very reluctant to pass on that knowledge to anyone else. Eventually she did. Then you got these ones who felt perhaps a little bit self-important, felt a little bit egoistic, they were charging large sums of money to train people up to the different levels of Reiki, especially to the master teacher level. I think at some time I saw quotas for about $50,000 at one point before everything's kind of like tailed off. Now you can say you can't do a course, but you can buy a master teacher's certificate for 99p or do a quick course, online course for $9.99, this kind of thing. So it's gone quite the opposite way in that sense. But I think a lot of it has to do with ego. Yeah, in in the sense of, you know, when there's different styles, different modalities created or invented or evolved and so on, People want to put their mark on it to make it more unique, to make it stand out from everybody else. This is the better style of Reiki, you can do this. Or this is the better style of yoga, so you can do it this way. You know, and make them stand out because then they will get noticed and get more clients and so on. And that's more to do with marketing, I suppose, in that sense than Reiki, or uh, sorry, than, than ego. Yeah, so it's more about making money out of it. And I think that has a large part to play in it as well. Being the purple cow, standing out from the crowd, so to speak, so that you do get noticed and attract the clients and the customers and so on that you want. Now I can see that, I can see the relevance of that because, you know, if you, depend on which spiritual practice you follow, if you go on the internet, you know, you're going to see numerous an untold number of websites that all look pretty much the same and they all have a, maybe a standard look or a standard practice or whatever and the odd few that stand out because they do something different or they offer something different and i've been caught at in this as well if i'm being honest you know especially when it comes to the marketing side wanting to be different so i can attract clients and so on but it doesn't always work because people will come along people like myself will come along and say oh they're just using that as a marketing gimmick now and that is true <laughs> yeah, in that sense it's true so a lot of it has to do with ego and also the marketing it's a lot to do with self-importance a self self or a sense i should say of identity they want to be known as the go-to person. You know, they want to stand out in the crowd. They want to be the one in front of 
hundreds, maybe even thousands in an audience performing, entertaining the masses, so to speak. They are the ones who want to charge high-end prices and fees for what they do. Oh, okay, you know, I mean, that's their journey. You know, I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I have no judgmental opinion on, on that. It's not for me to judge what they do, you know. If that's the way they want to go, that's the way they want to go. It's as simple as that. I prefer a more simple route, yeah, whereas I promote myself in, in a different way. I wouldn't say I promote myself in an understated way. Now, some of the adverts are put out, are eye-catching and so on. But perhaps it's the goal that I have in mind, which is perhaps a little bit different. Yes, I want clients. Yes, I want you know, people to, to come and contact me and so on like that. But I'm not aiming to be the world's number one at what I do. I'm not aiming to be world famous. I'm not aiming to have all the trappings of abundance, the material wealth and so on. I've got no interest in that. My interest is being able to help people like yourselves to improve their lives in whatever shape or form I'm able to do that through what I do. And whereas I have a fair price for what I do, I believe it's a fair price because of the time and effort that I put into it, it's not something that I focus on. Because I said, you know, I don't want to complicate people's lives. I know people can't always afford what they would like to have. You know, whether, it's, whether it's, when it comes to like a spiritual modality, a spiritual practice, they can't always afford the prices that some coaches, some tarot readers, mediums and so on charge. So there is more than enough possibilities out there for those who charge lower prices. Same as there's more than enough possibilities out there to charge higher prices or somewhere in between. So keeping it simple for me works in that way. I'm, I'm somewhere in the middle, I suppose, in that sense. And I just feel if you're going to complicate things, it puts people off. If they look into what you offer, yeah, and it's full of ritual that maybe doesn't attract them, it puts people off like it did for me in the early days. Then again, not everybody thinks like I do, do they? Some people enjoy having all the rituals and things. They think they're getting their money's worth. I mean, if you go on these not that I've been on one, I'm just going by what people have told me. Go on one of these retreats, whether that's in your own country or uh, in Bali or somewhere like that, they can cost tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, and in all honesty, for that weekend or a few days away, with what they teach, you know, actual teach, you could probably do that in a day. In, in you know in, in, in a much uh, sort of closer to home environment or even online or something like that 
but what they are actually selling I suppose is the experience the experience that you have being with others practicing with others in all the different workshops that they do there's some very very good retreats out there and yes and I would say if I had the funds I'd be doing one of those retreats if I'm being honest because of what they offer which is value for money however I feel like I said before you know the same as when it was when Reiki first started here in uh, the West that some people do get a sense of self-importance you know especially when it's something new you know, and then they, they put it out there and and at over inflated prices and so on and their their courses and so on or maybe bits and pieces that they've borrowed from elsewhere let's put it that way stuff they've read in books or other things that they've learned and so on and they've added into it added to their courses whatever to build it out to to puff it out you know to build it up a bit to make it a bit more attractive and then they can charge these prices I guess at the end of the day it's down to you isn't it it's down to you and me as individuals whether we want to follow that or not I'm just saying you know spirituality doesn't need to be so complicated it doesn't need to be so ritualistic you can get the same experience without all the fluff maybe I'm being a bit more practical and pragmatic in that way which is strange I don't think I've got anything like that in my uh, birth chart but <laughs> I don't think I've got any uh, Capricornian sort of uh, planet sort of, or system or whatever in my birth chart anyway so but I do I am a double Sagittarian so maybe that comes into it as well as a double Scorpio so for me it's always about shortcuts I suppose as I said earlier on and finding ways to get the same experience the same effect if not better but with an easier and perhaps less expensive route yeah so I don't know what are your thoughts on that how do you feel about that oh, you can comment let me know I'll be uh, more than happy to read what your views are and to receive those thoughts for either way pro or con well, I think that's enough for now uh, I'm going to enjoy the rest of this sunny morning I'll have to go somewhere else for my coffee <laughs> but not to worry there's one or two places I can go to where I enjoy having a nice cup good cup of coffee as well until next time guys so wonderful to be able to speak with you again until then namaste